Welcome to the Real Estate Espresso Podcast, your morning shot of what's new in the world of real estate investing. I'm your host, Victor Manash. On today's show, we're talking about global economic warfare. I'm here to tell you that interest rates are being artificially held down. But as we'll see in a few minutes, that's going to come to an end in a matter of weeks. The tools that governments use to stimulate the economy are becoming less and less effective. In essence, central banks and governments are out of ammo when it comes to influencing the economy. When they have problems domestically, they tend to blame outside forces. This time they're blaming a virus. In past economic cycles, they blamed other nations. In the 1970s, the U.S. blamed the Middle Eastern nations for rationing fuel, and they blamed Japan for dumping cheap goods into the U.S. market. The classical tool for stimulating the economic growth has been to lower interest rates. Well, after a decade of interest rates near zero, there's really nowhere to go. Negative interest rates don't do anything to stimulate additional growth. Spending money in specific areas like infrastructure works to a degree, but then those dollars are printed out of thin air, and it becomes an exercise in diminishing returns. Whenever there's a major economic dislocation, there's a few features that happen. Number one, we get falling asset prices, first in bonds and then in stocks. We haven't seen that yet, but it's coming. Number two, there's destruction of purchasing power, and then that's followed by a period of austerity. That's usually the result of inflation. Number three, there's going to be a massive transfer of wealth, and then finally, a reset of the financial system. We're not quite there yet, but it's coming. In times of economic hardship, we see protectionist behavior, and that behavior works temporarily. It's the first step in an economic war. Before there's a shooting war, there's usually an economic war. And severe economic downturns, they produce large wealth gaps, large debts, and ineffective monetary policies. It makes for a combination that typically leads to significant conflict and, eventually, revolutionary changes within countries. And it's during those periods of conflict, there's a strong tendency to move to a more autocratic style of leadership to bring order to the chaos. In the roaring 1920s, a lot of debt was created to buy speculative assets. And when the Fed tightened monetary policy in 1929 to curtail that speculation, the bubble burst and it began the global Great Depression. Throughout economic history, economic wars have started about 10 years before the hot wars. The Great Depression brought about economic suffering to virtually all nations, which led to fighting over wealth within and between countries, and it eventually led to the hot war of World War II a decade later. Today, there's little doubt that we're in an economic war with China. And whether this will erupt into a hot war is hard to say. There's little doubt that China and the U.S. are on a collision course, and this has been underway for some time. We've gone through periods of lesser and greater stability. We had a couple of proxy wars in the form of Korea in the 1950s and in Vietnam in the 60s and 70s. The next shooting war, in my opinion, could be Taiwan. You might ask why the island of Taiwan is so important. It's got a population of 23.5 million, and it's only 12,000 square miles. But Taiwan is a manufacturing giant. More than 60% of the chips manufactured in the world come from Taiwan. 17% come from Korea. This is a staggering statistic, and while Taiwan is technically part of China, it's also largely independent. If China were to become truly dominant in Taiwan, it would have the power to shut off the supply of chips to the U.S. and much of the Western world. China's own manufacturing company, SMIC, only has about 4.5% market share. Global Foundries, which is a consortium of factories based in the U.S., Europe, and Singapore, has about 10% of the world market share. United States, and in fact all Western nations, are very vulnerable to having their supply of advanced technologies cut off. Even if the design of these chips is highly concentrated in the U.S., Europe, and India, 
the capacity to manufacture is overwhelmingly in Taiwan. We have a situation in the U.S. where the country has printed so much money that the world's major economies may start to lose faith in the U.S. dollar. With inflation running at over 5% in the U.S., holding a U.S. 10-year Treasury bill at 1.31% makes no sense at all. You might as well be lighting your cash on fire. And a loss of faith in the dollar and the massive destruction of wealth around the world that would be implied by that could be the start of a very serious economic warfare. And the biggest weapon in economic warfare at the beginning is interest rates. So here we are again, after a period of dramatic money printing, the demand for those bonds, specifically treasury bills, just isn't there. There's only two solutions to buying bonds when the demand isn't there. You either have to offer a higher market interest rate to attract buyers, and that usually means selling the bond at a discount to its face value, or some magical entity like the Federal Reserve buys those bonds and puts them on the balance sheet of the Fed. That's exactly what we've been seeing over the last 18 months. And yesterday we heard that the Fed is going to start reducing its bond buying program starting next month, with a view to raising interest rates in the second half of next year. Regardless what the Fed does to raise interest rates, once market forces take over and start attributing real value to those bonds, you're going to see bond prices fall and market interest rates increase. And it doesn't matter what the Fed says, unless they're prepared to intervene and buy back all those toxic assets, if the market doesn't want them, the price will fall and interest rates go up in only a few weeks from now. As you think about that, have an awesome rest of your day. Go make some great things happen. We'll talk to you again tomorrow.